Today we take a walk four miles south of Crazy. We'll meet a young South African woman and learn about her childhood encounter with a UFO. Discovering she may have a strong connection to this paranormal phenomenon, she tracks it throughout much of her life until finally, one day, she meets the extraterrestrial that she's meant to spend the rest of her life with. Hijinks ensue, dicking down is done, and eventually, a human-alien hybrid baby is born. This is the story of Elizabeth Clare. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a big fan of alien-human coitus, stick around. This time, E.T.'s going to bone home. This is Necronomapod. So I'm noticing these uh, marshmallow crispy treat M&Ms are uh, still sitting in the studio from last week. Same spot. <laughs> they must have been so delightful. <laughs> we all loved them so much. Untouched. Night and the mice didn't even get them. Mm-hmm. Mm. I gave the wife a stern talking to about <laughs> buying <laughs> shitty treats like that again. So. Did Mrs. Dave learn her lesson after the SmackDown <laughs> from buying these? I said a stern talking to. There was no discussion of a SmackDown. I don't believe that's what you said last week, pal. <laughs> I may have been more intoxicated last week. Regardless, those will not be here next week. Yeah, she's better than that. She knows way better than that. Come on. This is not her best work. Anyways, well, they're still here. The mice didn't even touch them. Mm. Spider webs, not to be found. Nothing. Just sitting here. Maybe stale, they taste better. I don't know. Are they better? I don't think they're stale yet. I'm just saying they can't get worse. I think another another couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the in the hierarchy of M&Ms, what is the, the worst? Because this there may be a new reigning defending. I mean, that's the worst M&M I've ever had. <laughs> I don't like the peanut butter M&Ms. Uh, I like the peanut butter. Oh, I do. do. I don't like oh, those. Very much so. Um, is that the orange bag, right? An orange one? The peanut butter? Yellow. yellow. No, it's peanut. I'm talking the peanut butter. Oh, peanut butter? Yeah. I thought you said peanut. No, peanut butter. Oh, that sounds awful. The no. peanut <laughs> M&Ms are okay. Those are fine. Oh, okay. The peanut butter ones, I think it's an the orange bag. Those are always just, they they, they don't taste like that a Reese's cup. That good, no. Like it's not like that Reese's cup quite taste. It's just like, I don't know. No, thanks. I like them. I think the I like peanut all- butter. Yeah, yeah, and the peanut. I think I like all M and M's besides this. Besides one. this shit bag. All right. Well, my week's now ruined again. We <laughs> decided to talk about it. I guess I had to bring it. You're up. the one re-eating them. I, I don't know what you're talking. I about. tried them again to see if they were any better. <laughs> Spoiler alert: They're not any better. A week later, sitting here open, hmm. did nothing for them. Didn't make them taste worse. You can't get worse than shit. In other news. The Browns are playing the Steelers this weekend. Yeah. Well, half the Browns. I mean, we're a depleted team. Until we learn uh, our friend, Mr. Alleged Sex Offender, <laughs> is not going to be playing in the game Sunday. Friend of the show, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> He's out for the year. Um, 
I still think the Browns are going to beat the Steelers, though. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> it's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be very it will. low very scoring. Very low scoring. Play the under on Sunday. Can it be any sloppier than the, the first game was? That was one of the most ridiculous football games I've um, ever seen. Yeah, it was not that was one which one to call it broke his leg. Chubb. Ugh. There was how many turnovers in the first few yeah. Yeah. Sets of uh, offensive plays. Yeah, Deshaun Watson threw a pick six on the first play of the yeah. game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that motherfucker. It was, uh, was that week one? Week it, two? It was early. Yeah. It was ugly as shit. I don't have high hopes for this one either. We'll see. We'll see. It's an important game. 13-10 Cleveland. 13-10 Cleveland. The score is... That's not unreasonable. That's not unreasonable at all. All right. I don't have a lot of faith in the, the backup that we're starting, though. Was it DTR or DTR whatever? DTR starting. I yeah. was at the game he started against Baltimore, <laughs> and that was the only blowout the Browns really had this year. That was not good. Not great. I had the Browns in my parlay this past weekend, though, and they pulled it off the last second for a nice payday. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for coming to our sports talk. <laughs> we'll check in with you guys next Sunday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, um, when you explained the story to us, it was pretty ridiculous. And then I read the notes and it's even more ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. She was a poll for Patreon, uh, a poll subject where people could vote. Yeah. Yeah. We felt the whole world needed to hear it though. Yeah, something like that. We have an equal time doctrine here. And a couple months ago, we did the story of David Huggins, who lost his virginity and was fucking hot alien girls throughout most of his life. It's true. So we felt what the, the hell equal time was that? should be How? given to this person <laughs> who was also fucking aliens throughout her life. That was He did the paintings, Mike. He had all the erotic paintings. Like he was, he got laid for the first time with the alien woman in the woods, and then he had all his. Was this a Patreon show? No, no. The whole world needs to hear about alien human coitus. I'm not That's against a dude that, that was breastfeeding off his alien not yeah. wife, but <laughs> he was suckling at the teat of the alien. <laughs> okay, to teach all the other ones. That was longer than a few weeks ago few months ago, I said. Come on, pal. <laughs> was that 2023? Yes, it was a couple months ago. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> if zero recollection of the story. Well, that's understandable, but that's a different issue, and that's a mic issue. Like, I feel like I remember a breastfeeding thing, but that was like 2020 we talked no, about. No, no, no. I have legitimately, at this moment, <laughs> no idea who David Huggins is. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> Well, Someone then, would have uh, said to me, have you guys ever done David Hoggins? I'd be like, no, who is that? Send it to us at inquiries <laughs> at Necro. Well, then you, my friend, should listen to the best of episode at the end of the year that I'm currently working on and reacquaint yourself with Mr. Huggins and his alien fucking. I guess I will have to. Yeah, so I, I knew that she, the story was about her having a relationship with aliens, yeah. like a sexual relationship, whatever. I just didn't know all the details okay. about this. And I'm going to tell you right now, Ian, mm. this outline lacks in details as far as the fucking and it's unacceptable. <laughs> when we get to that section, you're going to be more forthcoming with the details. I promise you that. All right.
I looked it up. We did it in May. <laughs> it was more than a few months ago. Well, six. That's a few. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Half a year. Was it May? It was May All right, when I right. just looked up the post. That was a while ago. Um, <laughs> but also at the same time, this is not a paranormal erotica. If people want that, they can get it at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. That, that's true. We'll they save could. the juicy details for that. <laughs> yeah, this is a true story. Yeah. Ian might just yada, yada, yada over uh, the sex here. No, that's not going to happen. This is real life paranormal erotica, though. Right. That's fan fiction type stuff on Patreon. This is her real deal. That's true. This is 100%. Eyewitness account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is her abduction experience. Like every other abduction experience we we cover. Sure. Okay. She just happens to... Fall in love. Yeah. And fuck. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) And breed. Well, uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) That's the story. Elizabeth Clare was born on July 1st, on July 1st, 1910 in Muy River, Natal, which was the same year Halley's Comet passed by Earth. That only happens every 75 years and... Elizabeth later views this detail as being a sign from the universe that she was destined to live the life that we're going to talk about tonight. Once Elizabeth was born, her family, which she was one of three girls, moved to a rural farm in Natal, right by the Drakensburg Mountains. So this is modern-day South Africa. Yeah. So Haley's Comet was, what, 85 then? I don't remember it. We're never going to get to see it again. I wasn't alive, Dave. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'll never see it. You might. <laughs> I'm not going to see that. Fast food Mike and Ian's hearts are not going to see the next... Uh, no. No way. 2060. I'm okay with that. 2060? Is that right? 85, 2060? Yeah, it's a, it's a stretch, I think. <laughs> You guys can do it. Come on. 2030 is a stretch for me at this point. Are you kidding me? Come on. (laughs) Elizabeth had her first UFO experience when she was seven years old. How it goes is that Elizabeth and her older sister were outside feeding their dogs when everything got quiet, like time stopped. At that moment, Elizabeth and her sister looked up into the sky and saw an orb-like object slowly fly out from behind the mountains. This object was silver and giving off pulsating blue and white lights as it silently flew towards the girls. Then out of nowhere, a meteor came flying down from the sky, like on fire. If this thing hit the, if it hit, that would be the end of the world. Like Deep Impact, the movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. It'd be bad. Bad for all mankind. But this UFO flew down and it seemed to have like a, an invisible force field around it to which the UFO was able to block the meteor, sending it flying back into space. At that point, the girls ran to tell their parents what they had seen, but obviously they did not believe the girls. So this UFO saved the world in 1910. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we're saying here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's not what we're saying. We're not saying that. She said Ian's saying that. We're reporting what she said. Well. He's repeating her, so he's uh, giving it tacit approval in my book. (laughs) (laughs) I have thoughts, but I'll save them for the end. Okay. I have questions about this. Really? Hmm. (laughs) Just a few. (laughs) We'll see. 
The next morning, Elizabeth told the farm manager, Ladam, what she and her sister had seen the night before. Ladam said that he 100% believed her because in Zulu lore, people from the sky would one day return riding a lightning bird. Elizabeth said that Ladam told her she was destined to one day join the sky people on that lightning bird. And from there, Elizabeth would listen to Ladam tell her all kinds of stories revolving around these people from the sky. What's a lightning bird? It's not a phoenix, right? No. It doesn't sound like it. I didn't actually expect you guys to have an answer. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Well, thunderbirds, that's like a, that falls in the category of a cryptid. Huh? Just okay. a massive bird. Also a vehicle. Yeah. Yep. A lightning bird, though. All right, I'm going to get the new Chevy lightning bird. It's fucking badass, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> ah. Cherry red. Cherry red yeah. lightning bird? Yeah. Fuck all the hoes Silver lightning. lightning bird. Silver <laughs> lightning on the side of it. Cream colored leather seats inside. Yeah. Oh, you're fucking if you get that color. Yeah. Cream colored seats won't show the jizz stain. Nope. <laughs> well, but the face of the females I'm with will. That's where I come. I'm not going to come on my seats. I'm not paying for that. Come on your face. It's a... <laughs> Roll of bounty paper towels in the back. Just clean up. It's the quicker picker upper. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> New Chevy Lightning Bird. Choo choo choo. Coming from Cool Down Media. Oh, we're making this car. We're going to work with Chevy. <laughs> yeah. You know, have CDM on the side just for Cool Down Media. Yeah. That'll be all right. You want pussy? <laughs> Buy a Chevy Lightning Bird. <laughs> You want unlimited blowjobs? Lightning bird. <laughs> the car sells itself at that point. Like, come on. You want a rim job on a Saturday night? Lightning bird. <laughs> I think we're on to something. So Elizabeth has uh, visions of grandeur here from Ladam at a very young age. Yeah, yeah. A couple months after her initial UFO sighting, Elizabeth was outside on the farm listening to Ladam talk about the sky people when all of a sudden the sky got really dark and the clouds produced a tornado. All of a sudden the UFO returned and shielded the farm from the tornado. The tornado moved alongside this invisible force field and eventually touched down on the ground a safe distance away from the farm. At that point the UFO disappeared and Ladam told her that's the lightning bird I was telling you about. Mm. <laughs> you don't say. Mm. <laughs> Kayla Dom. Is this some agent alien stuff, perhaps? Sure, seems like it. Uh, Mike, Ian, and I went to the Ancient Aliens Live <laughs> we did. a couple weeks ago. You, uh, Does this... you declined the offer to attend with us. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Which... My cool points went up for the first time ever against you guys. Gained five cool points that night. How was it? Was it good? Did we even talk about that last week? I don't think so. Uh, it. it was it was a little silly. Yeah, it was, it was just, fun, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it was like a rehash of the show. Yeah, nothing new, nothing earth shattering. You said you, Dave, you went back to um, earlier this year. You went to. Impractical Joker show too, and you said it was kind of the same thing, like kind of a letdown. Something that doesn't really translate to a live show. I think that's the issue with like those TV shows. Is like, how do you make it a good live show? Podcasts, I can see, 
because they just want to see you that you you know you do that you do your own show just in front of them. Well, like, how do you do a TV show in front of a live crowd like that? I don't know that you can. Some of the, like the podcast shows that go around, uh, a lot of them do a live show, a new case based on something local. Right. Just something. They're just rehashing and talking about old ideas that everyone's familiar with. They did sort of a Q&A at the end where they solicited. You probably have seen because we posted on Twitter because they they wanted you to tweet with the ancient aliens hashtag questions, which we did. Submitted a couple because we thought maybe they'd yeah. talk about us. But we got, you know, they did a one and a half questions and it was really... And they weren't real kind of lame. They, they were, were real questions. Yeah, they yeah. were like set up questions. Yeah. So yeah, it was a little silly. Just like cheap shot slideshow type stuff. Yeah. It wasn't great. Nick Pope talked at the end, and that was actually really interesting. So he started mm-hmm. talking about new stuff that's like going on today. And I'm like, oh shit, they should have just let Nick Pope just talk about UFOs for an hour and a half yeah. instead of this. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a letdown. And Giorgio made stupid jokes about his hair yeah. the whole time. Right. Like I'm the cool hair guy. Same jokes he made in every other city. I'm yeah. sure like, it just wasn't that great. Well, and you had to pay $110 to take a fucking picture with him. Really? Yeah. They so. did like a meet and greet afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. 110 110 bucks. bucks. Yeah. And Jesus he wanted $35 Christ. for a fucking picture of him standing outside of a pyramid. Yeah, he, <laughs> signed picture of Giorgio with the Sphinx. $35. Like, oh, okay. fuck that. Yeah, it's just a money grab, yeah. you know. But in Practical Jokers, you're right, Mike. It was the same. It was just dumb. I just, I, I think it's hard to do that, tr- like to translate that. Like, how do you do a TV show? Like, in Practical Jokers is is impractical jokes. You can't really do that at a live show. Yeah, you're kind of changing what your base and audience knows. Yeah, it was just them telling personal stories and showing some movies and slideshows and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know, this lightning bird with the UFO stuff reminded me of that. Yeah, it's got this, according to Elizabeth, it's, it says ancient lore is where this is coming from. So, right. Well, it saved the earth twice. Yeah, yeah. Already. I'm only on page one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of high hopes for this alien. The rest of Elizabeth's childhood was pretty average, and she was real big into riding horses and playing music. When she was 17 years old, she moved to Florence, Italy, where she studied music. The whole time she was there, she daydreamed about when she would see this UFO again. This borderline obsession with the sky and this UFO led to her leaving Italy to study meteorology at Cambridge University in the UK. After graduating in 1932, Elizabeth moved back to South Africa, where she met and quickly married a Royal Air Force pilot named Captain W. Stafford Phillips. Cool name. That's a very cool name. Hello, I'm W. Stafford Phillips, and uh, I'm a wealthy Air Force pilot. And then you get to add Captain in front of it? Oh, yeah. Come on. He's slaying. I think she has a type, right? I think we'll see that. Men that fly. <laughs> In 1937, Elizabeth and her husband were flying to Johannesburg. It was a clear day. Stafford was piloting, and Elizabeth was helping him navigate. As they were flying over the Drakensburg Mountains, where Elizabeth grew up, a silver object flashing blue and white appeared in the distance. The object quickly headed straight for the plane and then flew alongside the plane for some time. But 
This allowed Elizabeth and Stafford to get a good look at it. Once the object started falling alongside them, it changed from the blue and white lights to a golden yellow color. Elizabeth said that the object was round and had portholes around it, but she couldn't see anyone inside. After they landed, Stafford reported the incident to the Air Force. They were questioned, but Elizabeth didn't mention that she had seen UFOs before and that at that time she was standing there believing this was the UFO from her childhood. Well, the blue and silver lights flashing sure yeah. seems to be the same craft. They're over the same mountains. Mm-hmm. It's trying to find her. It's been there all this time, <laughs> lying in wait until the day 27 years later, she would once again fly over those same mountains. Do you think that there was like a uh, alien interglobal sexual consent law that they were just waiting mm. for? For her to come of age? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Maybe they're just waiting. They're just watching her, waiting, letting her grow. What do you think the age of consent would be? Inter, interglobally. Well, the thing see. is, like they, they live forever, right? So a mm. hundred years, you're still a baby. So that's like you're still young. Older. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, we're talking thousands of year old aliens. Yeah. Hmm. Presents know. a problem. Yeah. I'm certainly no MUFON expert. We'll have to talk to <laughs> Ian about that maybe off air. Well, humans don't live that long. So if you're a wise old thousand year old alien and you want to fuck some humans. Does time slow on Earth mm. so that it's like the opposite of dog years? Like seven months is like seven years. Mm. I don't know. It's like but I'm also 21 the guy that, month old. Is that did, what you're hinting at? I'm also the guy that didn't remember we did David St. Huggins <laughs> or whoever it was a while back. Oh, he was no saint friend. <laughs> I was playing off David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap. <laughs> oh, sorry. And Nigel Tufnell and Derek right. Smalls. <laughs> he was no saint. No, he certainly was not. <laughs> or at least from what you guys have told me. <laughs> A few months after this encounter, Elizabeth went with Stafford to his new job at the Haviland Experimental Flight Center in England. While Stafford was helping with these experimental aircrafts, Elizabeth used her degree in meteorology to help research anomalies that were being detected on radar. What anomalies would be detected on radar in those days? I don't know. Like the some... Luftwaffe, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> about that time. But you got to respect that they're, that they're yeah. at least doing that. I yeah, mean, I, I, I get, I dig that. Like, yeah, I want to know what's going on with any anomalies on the radar. Nobody wants anomalies. It's a dangerous time. Certainly don't. Good for you, Elizabeth. (laughs) Elizabeth's work got the attention of Air Chief Marshal Hugh Dowding, who she just called Chief, the rest of her story. Chief Dowding was a spiritualist and an open-minded guy and had become aware of Elizabeth and her husband Stafford's experience with the UFO that they had during their flight to Johannesburg. In the meeting with Elizabeth and Stafford, uh, Chief Dowding listened as Elizabeth talked about all her UFO encounters starting back when she was seven years old. The chief told her that he had been tracking similar UFO reports and that he believed everything that she was telling him. He ended the meeting by encouraging Elizabeth to keep looking into UFOs. Not what you would normally expect to get as a reaction, right? No. no. mm Good for you, Chief Dowling. 
I, I guess we have to take this all with a grain of salt because all this information comes from much later on when she writes her book. It's not like these. Hey, are... look, I'm taking the story as it's presented to me. Right now, Chief Dowding's a cool guy. Right. Just but saying, these right. aren't eyewitness, you know, contemporaneous Chief news accounts from the day. Chief Dowding never wrote a positional piece on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? 100% what I'm trying to say. <laughs> in 1943, Elizabeth and Stafford were transferred back to South Africa after six years in England. Elizabeth was excited to return, partly in hopes of more encounters with the UFO. They were stationed in Cape Town, and one day while at her desk, Elizabeth was interrupted by news of a fire in a hangar. She was worried about Stafford, who she assumed would have been in that hangar, so Elizabeth rushed to the scene. There she found Stafford trying to save a plane from the fire. As they worked together to move the plane, a gas tank exploded, knocking Elizabeth to the ground, and she lost consciousness. She said that she felt a cool breeze on her face and opened her eyes to find herself laying on a field of bright green grass that overlooked a blue sea. The UFO then appeared in the sky and started to fly toward her, but before the UFO could get to the hill, Elizabeth woke up and she was in the hospital. Damn it! <laughs> She's getting so close to contact. Okay. <laughs> Not too long after Elizabeth got out of the hospital, she got divorced from Stafford. So that just a dream, or we're just gonna write this off as a dream? Right? That's how I took it. Right. She wanted it so bad, she dreamt it. I really want it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe her conscience, like she saw. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll find out All right. later. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. put a pin in that one. We'll call it a dream for now. <laughs> it was your question, pal. I was just riffing <laughs> off you. <laughs> you put a pin in your own question. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't know why they got divorced, but that happened in 1944. And by 1946, she had remarried to Paul Clarer. Three years later, she gave birth to a son named David, which she already had a daughter from her previous marriage to Stafford. Uh, her name was Marilyn, and she had full custody of her. However, not too long after David was born, Elizabeth and Paul got divorced. We don't really know why, but after that divorce, Elizabeth would return to her family farm, which was being ran by one of her sisters, and Elizabeth would wait for the UFO to return, but it never did. Mm, pining away. Just out there waiting. Just waiting. She feels something, right? She's excited about this. This she is feels different a than a lot of these stories we've talked about. She's not terrified. No. Mm. I don't know what to make of this, Mike. David Huggins wasn't scared either. Right? No. He was all about it. She popped his cherry, that alien. So you're saying it's come down to sex? Not yet. Not in this story. Not yet. All right. I'll save that thought. Antonio Villas-Boas, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Remember he that was, guy, Mike? I remember, uh -huh. I remember the name. <laughs> he was a little bit before Betty and Barney Hill. But the alien fucked him, and he loved every second of it. That's not the love. <laughs> he was like, I'll be happy to tell my story. Take me again. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> can, we can we tape it this time? <laughs> In 1954, so Elizabeth would have been 44 years old at that point, um, she was hanging out at her house in Johannesburg when she got a call from her sister. Her sister told her that locals around the farm had been talking about the lightning bird seen around the mountains mm -hmm. again. 
Elizabeth grabbed her kids and immediately drove to the farm where she left her kids with her sister and then ventured up to a hill on Drakensburg Mountain. Come on, kids. Mommy's going to fuck an alien today. <laughs> I like how she got a smoker voice. <laughs> <laughs> Which she she said that it's like a three-mile hike up this hill. Damn. So that's a long... Like, she really... The thing is trying chicks to see this will UFO. do yeah. for good dick. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> On cue, the UFO appeared in the sky and slowly flew towards Elizabeth. It got close enough that she could see into one of the portholes, and she locked eyes with the being that was inside. It wasn't a gray or a reptilian. This being looked like a 60-year-old man. It was in good shape and had clear grayish eyes. Elizabeth made eye contact with this being, and then the UFO just suddenly disappeared. It's a pretty young guy, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 60. He is young, Dave. That's what I'm saying. Young, spry. That's right. Probably born in like 1980, right? <laughs> be 60. Hmm. Uh-huh. about a year later elizabeth's sister called her again to let her know that there were more reports of the lightning bird seen in the sky what's she doing in her downtime ian do you know do you have any idea raising her kids living her life yeah she's being a lonely suburban housewife dave Hmm. she like collecting double alimony from these uh two ex-husbands just doing her thing does she work does she have a career not much is known about her huh not that I'm aware of, no. at least. Fair mm. enough. Fair enough. It's not the important part. Interesting. Of this story. We don't know a lot about this time of her life. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you know, from here on out, we don't actually hear much about Marilyn. Whatever happened with her? Yeah, I don't know. Just off the grid. That was it. Yeah. How much do we know how much older she was than David? She couldn't have been too much older. Because, like, the rest of the story, we'll talk about David, like, being an, at least around. Yeah, he's like, like you a don't teenager. hear about Marilyn at all. Mm hmm. Maybe she went and lived with her dad or something. She's like, fuck this. (laughs) Mom's fucking some old man. I'm out of here. (laughs) He needs some kind of blue pill just to bang her. (laughs) We won't say the name because they won't sponsor us. So So it was the same thing as before. She packed up her kids, went back to the farm, and climbed the steep hill going up the side of Drakensburg Mountain. Three miles, right? Yeah, yeah. Same deal. Small hike. When she got to the top, the UFO was landed on the ground and waiting for her. Of course it was. <laughs> it has Elizabeth Claire radar, so they knew exactly when she'd get to the top. Claredar. Ah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> As she got closer, Elizabeth saw that the man with the gray eyes was standing outside the UFO. She ran up to him and jumped into his arms, to which he asked her if she was scared. Elizabeth said no, and with that, he picked her up and took her inside the UFO. She immediately dropped to her knees, <laughs> started bobbing on some alien Sucked cock. Sucked his three-pronged cock. <laughs> oh, what if that was what it was like? Can like you he had No, like he had three dicks oh, instead yeah. of one. Like it was one, but then it went out into three, like three different heads. <laughs> I don't know why, but in my mind, when Dave described like sucking an alien cock, the first thing I thought of was like a three-pronged cock. (laughs) Oh, that's your issue to deal with, friend. Well, cocaine is a hell of a drug. 
<laughs> but can you imagine? It's like as you're sucking the middle one, the other two are rubbing your cheeks. <laughs> 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 Penetrating your ears. Holes is holes. <laughs> holes is holes. One's like in your ear. The other one's like stroking your hair. <laughs> like, shh. Shh. <laughs> 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 I think that's a rule 34 search that someone's <laughs> going to be doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Once inside. The inside being. the UFO or inside her? Yeah, yeah, the UFO. Okay, it's oh, clarifying oh. for listeners. All right. <laughs> the being introduced himself is Akon. Convict. Convict. <laughs> 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 That's right. All right. Akon joins the story. Nice. I can get down with this. Uh, he was a scientist from another planet. I think it was an astrophysicist, to be exact. Super smart. Really smart uh, alien guy. That's what Akon claimed to be. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about alien Akon. Oh, not, alien not Akon, not our hip-hop Akon. R&B artist Akon. Right, fair enough. He has enough accolades, the music star. Very well-regarded. Sure. On Earth. <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> Hated on Mars. <laughs> Very popular on Earth. Doesn't translate well on Mars. No. Akon went on to tell Elizabeth how even though he looked like he was 60 years old, he had actually been alive for well over 100 years. And you find out later on that it's actually 3,000 years. Like, oh. Well, he's been around for a minute. And in all those years, he had never found someone to fall in love with until he became aware of Elizabeth. <laughs> I've been alive for 3,000 years planetary explorations I've been on this planet and that planet but goddamn that girl on that mountain in South Africa <laughs> she That's is what she did it she's my whole mate I mean my soulmate. <laughs> the moment Elizabeth was born Akon got some type of a divine message, like my soulmate was just born, something along those Old lines. <laughs> it was at that point that Akon would protect Elizabeth until she was old enough to be in a relationship and when her mind would be ready to grasp all of this. And with that, they had their first kiss. Groomer. Jeez. <laughs> Sicko. How old was she here? <laughs> when he's kissing her? Yeah. 40 something 40 rumor she was seven the first time well well this fucking guy said that the moment she was born he got this divine message yeah. she was isn't that, she was marked since she was a baby come on akon isn't that some <laughs> twilight shit yeah imprinting on her it's what i was gonna say exactly yeah J weird Fett, right yeah uh, stop it we don't know this much about twilight we're kidding <laughs> jesus there's a joke <laughs> Akon told Elizabeth that he was taking her to a larger ship so that she could meet more of his people and he could explain to her how everything worked. Akon said that their ships were made by taking pure energy and morphing it into a physical substance. Then they were surrounded by an electromagnetic field. And that's what allowed them to fly mm. silently, do all the UFO stuff. When they got to the larger ship, Akon first introduced Elizabeth to his brother, Hobbin. Oh, hello, Hobbin. <laughs> it's not a good alien name. Jesus. My name's Hobbin. 
It's fucking moron. You like Nobbin? Yeah, his moron brother, <laughs> Hobbin. <laughs> Got a cool ass Akon over here. And there's, there's Hobbin in the corner. He's five foot one. <laughs> it's got a snaggle too. <laughs> and Hobbin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they all sat down and ate a bunch of fruits and vegetables that Elizabeth said gave her a ton of energy. And Akon explained that the fruits and vegetables were grown on their ship using nothing but intense light. That's why they had so much energy. You know? It's like oh. they're so pure. Oh, yeah. I think she just got H-bombed. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkled some halcyon on those vegetables. <laughs> I have all this energy. <laughs> and I don't remember the last four hours. <laughs> also, what happened? Where am I? <laughs> why is Hobbin sucking on my toes? <laughs> of course Hobbin would do that, right? That's what he's into. <laughs> From there, Akon told her about the history of his people. He told her that they were originally from Venus, which wasn't the Venus that we know today. Oh, of course not. According to Akon, Venus was full of vast rainforest-type greenery and oceans, but as the sun expanded, Venus became unlivable. Akon said that his people lived on Earth briefly before humans, then they went to Mars for a bit before settling on a planet in the Alpha Centauri star system. Akon went on to tell Elizabeth that when she had woken up in the hospital after being on that hill, when the, she was laying in the bright green grass and she saw the sea and everything and the UFO came flying by, that was, in fact, Akon's home planet. I knew it. I knew it wasn't a dream. Just kind Boom. of like maybe, a, maybe like an astral projection oh, okay. type deal. All right. That, no, for real. She was knocked the fuck out, Dave. She was out cold <laughs> there in that aircraft carrier or whatever she was, that hangar. <laughs> From there, Akon took Elizabeth back to the hill on the Drakensburg Mountains, gave her a kiss, and said that he would return soon. You already know I want to fuck you. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That was> perfect. <laughs> How did you get that live audio, Dave? I just, you know, we have we have audio recording equipment everywhere. Sometimes I feel like he's in cahoots, Ian, with Carl Monday, and yeah. they do some investigatories, <laughs> and they get that shit, because obviously Carl gets his shit. <laughs> Carl fucks. <laughs> he does fuck. <laughs> Starting to think, you might rub off. Maybe one day you'll do a fuck, Dave. <laughs> you never know. I mean, I know you had sex, <laughs> but have you ever done a fuck? There's a big difference. <laughs> As the ladies out there can attest to. <laughs> Probably the men as well. I'm sure they know the difference between a, a sex and a fuck. <laughs> and a make love. They're very different things. Cara Monday fucks exclusively. <laughs> That's exclusively. all he does. Exclusively. He makes love to the camera. But he fucks. <laughs> and he leaves that trench coat on. <laughs> in my mind. That trench coat doesn't come off. Look, if Cara Monday was going to fuck me, you're leaving that trench coat on, pal. <laughs> And you're, I want a microphone in my face the whole time, too. Just kind of like polywop my face with it while you're dicking me down. Thanks, Carl. Oh, the hero we didn't know we needed. This whole Venusian thing's not new. That's a running thread through a lot of the UFO stories. Like Valiant Thor yeah. was a Venusian. Yep. Why did they pick Venus? Like, why does everyone pick Venus for these aliens to be from? 
Um, or are they just actually from Venus? <laughs> yeah, maybe this, <laughs> maybe this is legit. Okay, <laughs> ever just think that they're all from Venus, pal? Mm-hmm. If it was inconsistent, you'd be like, well, why are they all from different places? <laughs> now they're consistent with their stories, and you That's, don't like that either. You, you make a good point. You make a good point. There's a very similar, I don't think we've ever talked about this, a very similar story that I feel like she may have taken this from that Georgia Damsky. I wrote it down. What was the guy? It was like the early 50s before this. He met Orthon the Venusian. Mm. So he was like a, another UFO guy. And it feels very similar to the stories that he told. Mm. Maybe about his m- meetings. Maybe oh. Mars is too stereotypical. Like you say, the alien came from Mars. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking oh, yeah. idiot yeah, Martian. Like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, Marvin the Martian. Mm. <laughs> so you say Venus and it sounds a little better. Yeah. Like, Venusian sounds cool. Rolls off your it tongue. Does, it is cooler. Yeah, I'm a Venusian. By the way, Marvin the Martian, underrated cartoon character. Yeah, you like Marvin? He's pretty good. Eh. Big fan. I think you're right. Like Invaders from Mars. That was yeah. all in the 50s. So it was all big on, on Mars. Yeah. So if you said Mars, people were like, all right. Okay, so Mars. Like, I know how we'll get them. Let's go to the other closest planet, <laughs> <Yeah>. Venus. <laughs> Nobody's ever thought of that. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a time of transition, a time of change. Summer is coming to an end and fall is here. With that comes new routines, changing weather, and yes, football season. Does the stress from any of this keep you up at night? Does your brain start talking the minute it touches your pillow? Do your thoughts start racing at inopportune times? Back-to-school routines can be difficult to manage. The cold weather can become a burden. Shorter, busier days can often cause us to question our choices and decision-making process. It turns out, one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative cycle and find some mental and emotional peace. Therapy can be beneficial in helping us learn about ourselves, which in turn gives us the ability to calm our brain down and keep those racing thoughts in check. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself, And with that extra confidence, nothing can hold you back. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash necro. So after the UFO was gone, Elizabeth sat on the hill until it started to get dark and she was just trying to absorb what had happened. Eventually, she walked back to the farm and went to sleep. The next morning, she thought that it might have been a dream. So she walked back up the hill. So another three miles back up. And sure enough, in the grass, there was an indent from the craft that Akon had landed in. Hmm. That's proof positive if I've ever heard of it. You can't fake that. No. (laughs) It's undeniable. And her sister saw this too. Oh. Elizabeth said that her sister walked up with her. The the sister that has been with her now throughout most of these, Mm. is that the same one that was like the childhood sister that had the experience? I'm not sure on that. Mm. Interesting. Did anyone ever speak to this sister? Or is this just also... Quit asking questions, pal. From her, from her <laughs> book. How dare you? So when the book came out, this sister had already passed away. That 
It's very unfortunate. It's also very convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> Let me guess. Ladam was already dead too. Hmm. Yeah, he was an adult when she was seven. Oh, he's hmm. dead. Yeah. He's long dead. Yeah, he's probably dead before any of this shit started happening. Yeah. Riding that lightning bird to the, <laughs> his final resting place in the sky. <laughs> Hopefully, it was one of our Chevy lightning birds. That'd have been cool. <laughs> they see me rolling. They hating. I can't wait till we make the lightning bird an actual thing one day. It's only going to come in cherry red with cream colored leather seats. It's a convertible, obviously. Obviously. And it's going to have the <laughs> dice hanging from the uh, rearview mirror. <laughs> lightning bird. Yeah. <laughs> it does zero to 700 miles an hour in 2.7 seconds. <laughs> It's pretty fucking awesome to me. I know. A little scary given that it's a convertible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trouble might come, but... An oxygen mask. Hey. It'll be all right. Not my problem. Fast forward three years. So 1958. Elizabeth had a gut feeling that Akon would be waiting for her at the top of the hill. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you did. <laughs> where he had previously landed. Sure enough, when she got to the top of the hill, Akon was waiting for her. Elizabeth jumped into his arms, but they both noticed an Air Force helicopter off in the distance. Akon took Elizabeth into his craft, hit a button that made it invisible, and flew down to the farm. Together, Elizabeth and Akon walked into the doorway of her house, where Elizabeth's sister was standing there in awe. What, what, what? Akon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> told Elizabeth, to meet him on that same hill tomorrow and he would make sure that they wouldn't be interrupted it's not it's not clear how he was gonna make sure they weren't interrupted <laughs> just to go back to that spot tomorrow morning they would meet love yeah. finds a way ian yeah he'll get it done love finds a way <laughs> don't be such a negative nancy you're always so quick to dismiss these topics come on so the next morning she went back up to the hill and Akon took Elizabeth onto the craft and gave her a silver and green ring that was kind of like an engagement ring, I guess, but it would allow them to communicate telepathically at any time. Then, according to Elizabeth, they, quote, made love. You already know I want to fuck you. Fuck yeah. Come on, Akon. Get it in. It's just really that... Um, like romance novel. Well, because we'll get to it later, but she was an old woman when she wrote this book, more or less, right? This was much, much later. She was a lonely old woman. So yeah. I'm interested in how she recounted this experience from her younger days. His pulsating member plus uh, <laughs> pressed against my inner thigh. A ripple of chills yeah, what flashed up my she body. About his cock and as stuff? my nipples hardened. <laughs> I mean, I'm just spitballing here. It's not but, bad, you Mike. know. You're like, you're like, keep going, Mike. Keep going. <laughs> Spit in your hand. Keep going. Yo, keep going. What were you saying? I just want to smell his dick. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, Akon dropped Elizabeth back off at the Drakensburg Mountains. I just had Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> that song is so fucking good. <laughs> to the night not having sex ways of the past. <laughs> the not having sex ways of the past. Excuse me. Good for you, Akon. <laughs> Probably Akon's best song. <laughs> as voted by me. <laughs> so Akon told Elizabeth that he had gotten word that American and Russian intelligence had tracked his ship. So there was no time. She needed to get dressed and just get out. Yeah, get the fuck out. <laughs> CIA, KGB, they're on their way. You got to go. Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, right? <laughs> they kissed goodbye, and Elizabeth said that she could already feel that she was pregnant with Akon's child. And she was confident. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's quite a load he put in there, huh? <laughs> so she, she said she was, you know, she knew that when the time was right, Akon would come back and take her to his home planet. She's trying to lock him down. <laughs> yeah. I think we need Maury here to find yeah. out. She's trying to lock Akon down. He didn't Akon, do it. you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I remember this episode in six months. This is a fun one. It sucks that the Elizabeth old, died the in 1994 because this writes itself with the Akon thing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> she, she never got to see out the connection. Damn it. <laughs> the old, oh, I feel your baby inside me. Yeah, right, bitch. You're just trying to get an omelet out of me. Get out of my house. I, I got class. That was my excuse. I got class. <laughs> One day, Elizabeth received a telepathic message from Akon urging her to go to Kathkin Peak. Sensing the urgency in this message, I don't know if she just ignored other ones, but this one felt super important. So she headed to the peak, which was very secluded. You couldn't get there by car, and it was hard for aircraft, I guess, due to like cloud cover. Elizabeth headed out early in the morning with her son David on horseback. <laughs> like, um, Akon, I hope you don't mind. I broke my son. Uh, I hope we're still going to fuck. I also like that Akon with all this technology is coming around and he's like, oh, no, don't worry. I'll protect you. We'll keep it under cover. Oh, it's me cloud cover. I'm going to wait for a cloudy day. A cloudy day and I'll sneak on in. <laughs> Like that's that's his best. Like they got no technology. <laughs> he can't control the weather either. He has to sit yeah, and wait for it. Oh, it's a cloudy day. <laughs> Fuck yeah! He starts getting a boner when he sees the the uh, the meteorologist reports it's gonna be a cloudy day. Cloud cover. Oh, I got a chubby. And her son shows up. He's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Cock blocking horse ride, motherfucker! <laughs> Fuck you, David." So at first they were riding their horses like under trees and stuff to avoid detection. Since one of the horses was white, they didn't want to want to stand out. They rested at a hostel at the mountain's base before going all the way up to Kathleen Peak at dawn. Once they reached the top, David's horse was startled by something. <laughs> it threw him off. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it turned out that this it was startled by Akon's oh, ship. Of course. Elizabeth and Akon spent the morning together with Elizabeth feeling their unborn child move for the first time when Akon touched her stomach. 
he reassured her that he would watch over her from his ship. Keep her, keep her safe. David's on the ground paralyzed. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's given a kind of hand job. Yeah, right. With her big growing belly, having a beautiful moment. Her son's dying. Yeah, what was her son doing during all this? Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Akon's like, I'll watch from the ship. Next cloudy day, I'm coming back. You already So after this meeting, Elizabeth and David headed back down from the peak. Then all of a sudden, a dark gray metallic spaceship landed. Elizabeth and David hid, watching as two human men came out of the ship and immediately noticed one of the horses. They aimed a tube-like weapon at the horse, um, and Elizabeth intervened, causing the men to lower their weapons and allowing the horse to run away. <laughs> How'd she do that exactly? You gotta stop asking questions, man. <laughs> Come on. You just gotta let the story be. Quit poking holes in it. Just asking questions. Just let Akon poke holes in her. <laughs> Elizabeth learned these men were Russian agents who had tracked Akon's ship. They wanted to communicate with Akon about his technology, knowing that the United States and Russia were interested in it. Elizabeth refused to get them into contact with Akon and the situation escalated when the Russians told her that actually their true mission was to capture Elizabeth and bring her to Moscow. Something wrong here. <laughs> there he is. I thought he quit the show. I'm glad we kept him in studio. <laughs> there she would be held in an exobiology clinic. That's what she called it. Until she gave birth with Russians planning to raise her half alien child, believing that this alien child would eventually seek out Akon and then they would be able to get the technology for interstellar. It's a good plan, I guess. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I guess the kid would, they're just banking on that. He just knows he's half alien. Hey, sends out like a signal to Akon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> the Russians have me. Just then, a South African Air Force jet flew over, distracting the Russians, which allowed Elizabeth and David to escape. Now, this this is like reading like a James Bond movie now. Yeah, it's getting good. I wouldn't know I haven't seen a James Bond movie, Dave. Jesus, Are they good? I forgot about that. Yeah. Ian doesn't know either. No, I've never seen one either. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. Unbelievable. Although I am very close. I, I texted you guys this. I'm this close to purchasing an N64. I found a site that sells refurbished ones with mm. GoldenEye. And I feel like if you play GoldenEye, you've seen all the James Bonds, and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that not the greatest video game of all time, Dave? GoldenEye, in it's my a, opinion, is the greatest video game of all time. It's really good. And I was always a Sega PlayStation guy. My brother had the N64. Um, and like we would play Twisted Metal on, on PlayStation and all that. <clears throat> yeah. But that GoldenEye and then the WCW NWO Revenge... Those might be top fives for me. And I'm not a gamer like past PlayStation 2. So don't take my, you know, I didn't play Call of Duty and I wasn't good at all those like, what are they, the action shooting type games. Yeah, yeah. Like first person shooters. First person, other than like GoldenEye. Yeah. But GoldenEye, 
uh, WWNWL, and then I think oh, it was yeah. like it was PlayStation, like Monday Night Raw. One of the one of the WWF games was really good. SmackDown yeah. vs. Raws were always good too on the Playstations. Yeah, I like the the SmackDown ones. Well, anyways, if I get it, we gonna, you guys gonna come over and we'll play some Goldeneye. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. N sixty four was awesome when it came out. Yeah, when that came out, my son was like eight years old. We went and got N sixty four, and I let him. We called. I called him as sick. <laughs> School the next day, and we literally played for twenty four hours. Mario sixty four. We played for twenty four hours straight. Fucking amazing. Like Mario Kart or like Mario the first, like, just the Mario sixty four game. Huh. All right, maybe I'll get that so one too. Fun. I've never played the Mario sixty four. Just like the first game that came out. Is it, it like their version of like the original Mario, like from Nintendo? That's, di- that's a little different. No, it's, it's got different. a whole different story. Yeah. But the same kind of concept of like you're bopping up on bricks and no. killing. It's like different worlds, and you got to jump through paintings and shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah um, like you don't want to go to school tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, because if you do, that's fine. But I'm gonna beat this game without you. <laughs> Twenty four hours straight. <laughs> Then Mario Kart came out. I fucking love the N64. Did your wife just bring you like pizza rolls? You guys just <laughs> eat right. those while you played? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to get this. You should definitely get it. Coming to Patreon, live video of us playing GoldenEye. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite game ever. That was it so really fun. was. It's so fun. It was so fun. Like the music even. Like I listen to it now. Like I've seen things on Instagram, like like people playing it with the music. I mm-hmm. get goosebumps. Like it's it awesome. was just so much fun. Maybe you should watch the Golden Time the movie. I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it would ruin too. it. Would it ruin it for me though? No, the movie was great. All right, maybe. If I'm gonna watch one, it would be Goldeneye. You should. It was awesome. So the next morning, after all this stuff with the russians went down like all the, the horse taken off everything the horse or the horse the horse oh okay. oh but they brought some girls to try to entice <laughs> Akon back the, i thought they were trying to party you already know i wanna fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> elizabeth received a telepathic message from Akon saying that he needed to see her but this time it would be a remote location that Elizabeth could drive to since she was pregnant. He didn't want her doing all that horseback riding, all that stuff. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Gotta be safe. Dangerous. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to have like a horse miscarriage. That is dangerous Something. for real though. Right. It's probably I mean, not a good idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't sound pleasant. I know Larry David taught me that women shouldn't be on treadmills when they're, when they're pregnant. It's going to be very dangerous. One of the funniest episodes <laughs> Of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> that was the first one after uh, COVID, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Derailing uh, fanboy Curb people. <laughs> so when Elizabeth got to the spot, she was met by Akon and his UFO, and he apologized for dropping the ball and protecting her. It was a big ball to drop with the Russian agents. And hey, stuff. fucking losers! A KGB <laughs> almost got your pregnant girl. You have all this, yeah, come on. You know, supersonic technology. What are you doing? Oh, there's no clouds. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so he promised that he wouldn't. It wouldn't happen again. She told Akon that she forgave him and jumped into his arms. Oh, Akon, it's okay. <laughs> he started to take her onto his ship, but. Elizabeth stopped him and was like, I can't just leave my car here. So Akon let her pull it into the ship, onto the UFO. 
and he told her that he was wondering how it worked anyway. So <laughs> it's like yeah. a fairy. Yeah, uh, he could check it on. out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on his home planet, which is called Metan, Metan, I don't know how you say it. Um, Maybe Metan. Me, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Human heartbeats are different there. So, of course they are. Which makes time move differently mm. essentially a nine-month pregnancy would take four months on his home planet so it's sped up okay so he would have to shift her heartbeat to like match with it but it could only last that long and she would have to leave like she couldn't stay on the planet it would kill her yeah pretty much can't have that try, try the next time you have a tinder date try that with like <laughs> Well, honey, in my apartment, <laughs> your heart beats like twice as fast as outside. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to send you pack in because I don't want your heart to explode. Do it in that Mitch Hedberg voice. <laughs> like you push her out the door. <laughs> she talked about them riding horses and stuff, like these big mountains filled with snow. Meanwhile, earlier he said he didn't want to ride in horses. Yeah, I don't know what's going mm. on. It's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> I got some questions, Akon. Continuity issues here. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of snow. A lot of this like romance novel yeah, type right. stuff. The baby was eventually born. Uh, he had golden eyes. Well, of course he did. His name was Ailing. Hmm. Incidentally, I did not bring up all of that N64 stuff with the golden eye in this. I forgot all about that he had golden eyes. It's pretty fucking awesome how that worked out, though. That is quite a tie-in, yeah. my friend. I 100% did not remember that part of your notes. <laughs> and, and the baby was destined to be a scientist like his dad, like right of off course, the bat. sure. It's just like a given type thing. What else would he do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what else are aliens it's jobs? Like be an infantry soldier on uh, Meton. It's too smart for that. <laughs> no, this is royalty hybrid. Yeah, he's running the shit now. Of course, course, course. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you've taken gorsh <laughs> and made it coarse. Gorsh. <laughs> Following. Her return from this four month trip. I don't like Elizabeth really. Like, if we believe her story at face value, she really went somewhere for four months. I don't know. What Did she was anyone up to. miss her? I, I don't How know. How did she come for this time? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. There's no accounting. Like, she was just, she was gone with Alien. Her sister already knew about him. Mm. She saw him in the doorway. That's true. Yeah. She's already fully aware that she her sister yeah. goes up and fucks aliens. Hmm. So. The heart, the heart wants what the heart wants. I, I your sister's like, yeah, my sister fucks an alien. I guess I, don't know. I watch her kids like every four months. She walks three miles up a hill. She comes back happy as a clam. So you know, whatever. Who, who am I to judge? Yeah, I just feed her kids and send them off with her. <laughs> they go home. So when she got back after this four months, Elizabeth found that both her sister and her sister's husband had passed no! away. No, come on. <laughs> God damn. Who was watching the kids then? That. That's a fantastic question. <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> Unable to manage the family farm, Elizabeth and her son David moved back to Johannesburg, 
which I for real think that maybe the other one, Marilyn, went with her dad and was like, fuck mm-hmm. this. She really does never get brought up yeah. again. That's what I was saying before. Yeah. Like maybe she was just, I'm out of here. Why does mom keep walking up this fucking hill? <laughs> There's only so much you can take. Craziness. <laughs> so she hated her time in Johannesburg. It took her six years, but in 1963, once David was done with school, Elizabeth finally had the the means to return to the mountains. As they got close to their new house, Akon's ship appeared, and Elizabeth took a picture with a box camera. They have this picture online. She's It's mm-hmm. part of her book. Mm-hmm. It's something. It's something. I mean, it. <laughs> it looks like a legitimate picture. If anything, it's a cool. That's neat. If it was real, it'd be super cool. Yeah. I don't even know what else I can say about this. <laughs> we'll post it online. It's a black and white picture. I think I see Akon looking it's, out, it's looking out the window. <laughs> 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 So after she took this picture, a lightning storm broke out around them, and she avoided a lightning strike by rolling out of the way. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I do that all the time. This is a pretty action-adventure now. Hiding. She's like, <laughs> she's like rolling down a hill under her car. This chick's pretty badass. How she tells it is that as she's sitting there hiding under a rock ledge where while this lightning storm is going off, she found herself unexpectedly thinking about a guy named Aubrey Fielding, an ex-British army major and art dealer in Johannesburg who had visited uh, Elizabeth on behalf of the chief that we talked about in the beginning. There's no explanation that I saw of where this guy came from. But even though she had this bond with Akon, Elizabeth wanted Aubrey who, like I said, he just comes out of nowhere in this So story. she's dodging lightning bolts, mm-hmm. rolling under rocks and stuff. Oh, I want to bang Aubrey now. <laughs> yeah. After she just got dicked down by Akon. <laughs> hmm. so good <laughs> every time i hear that song i get hyped up <laughs> is it unreasonable yes to think that elizabeth was maybe just a bit of a slut <laughs> <laughs> i apologize for my terminology do you think she was just letting some like men can be slut too so don't come at me but maybe <clears throat> was she letting some mountain men dick her down and just making excuses. Oh, he was an alien astrophysicist. <laughs> Not sure. I don't actually think what I what that is true, but we'll save that for the end. But she just it seems like she gets bored very quickly with her men. Mm. How many husbands have we been through now? Two? And then this odd Aubrey yeah. guy, where the fuck did he come from? He's just Showed up. She was sitting under a rock ledge. Cock straw of him. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know what? That guy that I've been thinking about, that alien my whole life, nah. He's got a small wiener. <laughs> think, think Aubrey might dick me down today? Yeah. Probably. Aubrey, though, he's 10 inches. 
Akon appeared and reassured Elizabeth and told her that he understood that she needed human companionship and he encouraged her to use her experiences with him to benefit humanity. Akon. <laughs> hey, Akon, can you block the lightning perhaps so I'm not diving and doing somersaults out of the way up there? He really did not do a great job of protecting her. That's why he lost her in the end. Yeah, maybe that's why. Aubrey. Maybe that's right. Akon suggested that Elizabeth could help prepare humanity for a future where we all know that aliens exist and we just share this message of peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. And with that, Elizabeth, you know, she eventually went public with her story and was heavily mocked. You don't say. In the UFO world. Um, but for what it's worth, there are people out there that believe her story. Mm-hmm. So, as the president of MUFON, do you hold an opinion on this? No. I don't think this happened. What year did this book You'd come out? You'd be very nice about it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let me look. Like, how long did she hold all this in? She held it in until she was a bored old lady and decided, hey, I want to make some money. I'm going to write a fucking weird story. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like, like that's what happened. That's my opinion. <laughs> And you know what? I hope she made money on it. I hope she made a lot of money. Go get you some cash. I don't believe it for shit, but it, it's a good read, probably. 1980 is when it was published. All right. Wait, Did what you... year she was born? In 1910? So she was 70 years old when she <laughs> dropped this. <laughs> yeah. She lived in 1994, though. I did read that. She lived comfortably for 14 years making money off this yeah. book. She and talked you, about you it publicly. read the actual book that she wrote? No, I did not read the book. Mm. Is it still, can you still get it? Mm, you can yeah. get it off Amazon two days. Like $3 or something. It's 14 bucks. Eh. We had a quick... I'll, I'll go with your notes. <laughs> I'll go with your notes. We had a quick schedule change this week, so I couldn't... No, I, I'm not blaming you for not. I wouldn't... You, would it really have added much? No. <laughs> Eyewitness account. <laughs> yeah, right. I am going to lean on the I do not believe this story. Well, hold on. Uh-oh. Aubrey has his last say in this. Oh. Aubrey Fielding didn't care about, you know, her getting mocked and that kind of stuff. They got married in 1963. With... He's, like, he's like, you should see the head this lady gives. <laughs> this is phenomenal head. Out of this world, dare I say, head. Call me Akon tonight, Elizabeth. <laughs> Of course, they got married with Akon's blessing. Of course. <laughs> Aubrey publicly said, quote, My wife has been in love with a spaceman for 20 years. That's all right with me as long as he stays in space where he belongs. That's right. He's not trying to get cucked by an alien. <laughs> he gets it. Can't have any of that with the Beastie Boys titled Intergalactic Cuckoldery. <laughs> it's my favorite song by them. It's a great song. It's a great song. And she was with uh, Aubrey till she died? As far as I know, yeah. Mm. Mm. Not a lot of people believe Elizabeth, but she had some people. It's hard to believe. <laughs> well, in my opinion, this did not happen, and the situation could not be clearer. <laughs> <laughs> There's sometimes where 
like I learned something really cool doing this show mm. over was five years now. Yeah, almost. Four and a half. Almost. Let's not jinx it. Almost. We don't know. We might not make it till January. You don't want to cancel. <laughs> we'll see. We'll get there. Sometimes I learn some really cool stuff. Sometimes it's this. <laughs> Sometimes it's yeah. Sometimes it's this tomfoolery fuckery. I just feel like you know, if, if any of this would have been corroborated or substantiated or anyone would have been interviewed way back when, it might be a different story. But you're writing this in 1980 when you already have, like I said earlier, that George uh, Adamski story, the Valiant Thor stuff that sounds very similar yeah. to a lot of the stuff she probably had been reading for the past 30 years. I'm not even sure a lot of the people she's talking about in the story actually exist. Like, how do we even know these people existed? Like her sister and Ladon, or like and all these this stuff. the the, sure. the military people she's speaking with. Sure, and like, absolutely. You know, I think this this was just a tale, a fun tale of a older lady who just was trying to make money mm-hmm. and good for her. And if that's true, then <laughs> fuck yeah, good for you. I hope she made some for money trolling in the, the world. Sure, but no, I zero percent. Believe this. You're not story. getting it, putting it over on us, though. Of course not. We solve everything on I this show. You think you are? We have Claire. We are undefeated in our record of prediction or uh, uh, <laughs> analysis of things, and this is false. <laughs> yeah, I saw some people online. There were some stuff where people are getting like really specific with her story and like, like historically calling her out because she talks about like the space station stuff with Russia and things and like she's just yeah. factually wrong about a lot. Like I'm not, we're just going to tell her story. Yeah. We don't need to get like that. It's a little, it's piling. Like if yeah, you, you don't need to If do you that. can't just hear the story and just know that like, all right, I'm going to take this for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably a small person that you need to like start really like tearing this one apart. Do you it's think story. as someone who is a part of like the uh, paranormal alien community. These stories have to discredit like your genre a little bit, right? Or is this one so ridiculous that it's not even taken into account? I think it's so ridiculous. It's just like, like did this ever make mainstream coverage in any way? Not that I'm aware of. Nobody so, gave it credibility. But I'm just know. saying, did anyone ever pick this up and be like, oh, look at these stupid alien people again with their dumb story? Like, nothing like that. No. no. Okay. You make a point, though. Every story like this is it, it makes the real stories less credible. Right. I think that's right. Yeah, because like other ones we've talked about, you know, Betty and Barney Hill, there were military people involved in that, but they, like, actually exist. They're legit. Yeah, sure. Like, all the corroborating witnesses were conveniently dead when this was written. Yeah. yeah. For the most part. The ones that we even knew actually existed. Sure. So, yeah, that's that's All her right. story. Too bad she didn't live long enough to make the connection between Akon and... <laughs> when did Akon bust into the scene? <laughs> like Early 2000s? Or 2010s, maybe. No, no, no. no. I was... Because... That that album, the the like I want to fuck you, 405? was 06 came was out, it? and he had a couple albums before that. So I'm gonna say, so she missed it by about five, six, seven years. Can you imagine? That's the real tragedy in the story. That is the real tragedy, <laughs> absolutely. Hmm. All right, any other final thoughts on this one? No, I don't know what else to say about this. It's not often That's we have it. like a, a female story where we're just like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. 
Like we Fuck. usually usually we tear down men on this show. Yeah. We don't often and I'm not saying I enjoy tearing down women. <laughs> I enjoy tearing up women. <laughs> not tearing them down. But, you know, usually it's like, you know, the male pedophiles we just kind of laugh at. Not not wrong. Thank you for that. Liz, <laughs> dare I call you that? Liz. <laughs> Liz and Akon forever in our hearts. Hmm. That's true. This is a good love story though. Yeah, I mean, they loved each other. Until she followed her a rock and was like, oh, I want Aubrey. (laughs) At that point, she already knew that she wasn't able to live there. She couldn't stay with him. She couldn't stay with him. She had his baby. She had that heartbeat issue. Where's that hybrid kid these days? Oh, I don't know. He's probably being a scientist. Hmm. Plotting the destruction of Earth. Actually, Dev, it's interesting (laughs) you ask that. His name is George W. Bush. (laughs) (laughs) He was the leader of our country. <laughs> Most intellectual president we've ever had. You just didn't understand his intellect is what it was. He'll make a comeback someday. Don't you worry. <laughs> he just, did you see he came back? He was at the, uh, he threw out the um, first pitch at the Texas Rangers World Series game. I think I did see that. He actually threw a good pitch. Did he? But I think he had, he was an athlete, I think, growing up. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like all the other kind of dopey presidents that, you know, never the learned presidents yeah. who spent their yeah. youth reading books yeah, and fuck whatnot. <laughs> fucking nerds. <laughs> nerds. The fuck out of here. I'll give you a wedgie. <laughs> fucking Herbert Hoover. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> All right over there. Oh, <laughs> I just fell out of your seat. <laughs> trying to push myself up. I slept. <laughs> Jesus. Hey. Dangerous work environment here in the studio. <laughs> Oh, you better sue the landowners. <laughs> what do we got on Patreon? We would like to thank new patrons Mandy, Colin Layton, Chopper Mech, Kayla Martinez, Mugu, Selena McCabe, Stormy Martinez. It's like a porn name, huh? Stormy Martinez. It's not a bad name. It's a cool name. Hmm. I'd do it. <laughs> Ala Verga Gui, Renee Cook, Morari Santillan, Mari, Shannon Allen, Samuel Ross, Jacob Gentry, Mark Alexander, Nuva, John Woolley, Aaron Ortega, Michaela, A.M., Andrew Redwine, Callum Frawley, The Goose Queen, Dilly Swabber, Amy, Kate Kubiak, <laughs> Caitlin Evans, Kaya McDonald, Eric Blankenship, Seth Ostergut, Amanda Adams. <laughs> was that one supposed to be funnier? <laughs> that sounded like a name that was supposed to be a thing, but I don't think it is. I don't think so. That's a real guy's name. I tried to work it in my Seth head. Seth Ostergut? Seth Ostergut. All right, well, I apologize, Seth. Yeah. I'm sorry, you have a ridiculously funny name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure why it's funny. <laughs> Ostergut. That's a good one. <laughs> Where did I leave? Amanda Adams, Amanda Kenny, and Alyssa Kaspersky. Rijiber, R I J I B R. Rijiber, Rijiber. Sure. Megs McDee, Stuart McMillan, Megan Harless, Hyde Bondi. Ned Flanders with the three and the fives in there. Lily. <laughs> Jenny Talia. 
<laughs> Colt and Jessica Manns. Thank you, new patrons. Welcome aboard. It's the tamest night we've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Ian, what do you got? Four iTunes. I have one for Indy Zebra, Missy D. Morris, H. King 702, and Bead Monkey. Bead Monkey titled theirs, Haley Loves Dave. Oh, good for you, Haley. What's up? Yeah, so you can title. Oh, I thought Haley Loves Dave was the girl that... Haley uh, has good taste in the podcast. Who was the one that like was going to have a whole ladder match? Samantha. Oh, we haven't heard from Samantha in a long time. Well, she's probably dead from a death match she had for the <laughs> rights to Who Loves You. Didn't she challenge our friend Amy from Oregon? She did. She did. Yeah, yeah there's been a couple of people. Let's fight it out. All right. Let's have a clean fight. It's not clean. No. Well, a dirty <laughs> fight. Come on. I don't want clean. Fucking go at each other. Let's go. <laughs> All right. What is this one? Haley loves Dave? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good for you, Haley. <laughs> you got anything else, Dave, over on your end? I have a military shout out this week. Oh, uh, we haven't had one in a while. No, it's been a while. So uh, shout out to Andrew from uh, his girlfriend, Gabby. He's in the uh, North Carolina Army National Guard. Thank you for your service, uh, Andrew. Stay safe out there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Good stuff. Uh, we have the, uh, what's, Dave, you set it up. What's the sticker promotion we're running? BOGO, man. BOGO's still active. For Veterans Day. Absolutely. All right. Might just continue through the holidays. You we'll buy see. a three-pack, you're getting a six-pack. <laughs> you buy a one-pack, you're getting a two-pack. Can you mention if gas stations do that with cases of Miller Lite? You buy a six-pack, you get another six-pack? Stock up for the year. Mm. I'd be set. <laughs> well, at least through January. BOGO. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, at Necronomapod, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod for all of our bonus content. Necronomapod.com is where you can find the sticker sales and Amazon.com for all of our merch. Just search uh, Necronomapod on Amazon. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>